All right, ladies and gentlemen of the AIW Patreon, you want content, and content is what I'm going to give you here. Uh, we are here with the legendary Porter O'Shea. Wow, that's quite a quite an intro right there. Appreciate you having me on. <laughs> Whoop. Put, turn your mic on. Oh, all right. Come on. You're not- I appreciate you having me on. Uh, that's quite the intro. I think uh, I think you are a, a pretty interesting story, uh, and obviously, you know the the fans of AIW probably aren't uh, don't know too much about you and you know your origin story and things like that. Um, so let's just kind of get into it and go go way back to you know you wanted to train to be a wrestler a long time ago, correct? Yes. And uh, like, what kind of led you down that road? Well. Um- in college, I went to Bluffton University, and that's by uh, that's by the Dayton uh, County or Montgomery County Fairgrounds. And we used to uh, go to HWA all the time. And uh, at that point, there was is that is that one of those like the WWF WWE right after WCW bought them out? Yeah, or, or WWE bought up bought out WCW. All those guys were there, so we saw. You're talking like 2001 ish. Yeah. Okay. 2002. Right, right around that time. Um, we fell in love with independent wrestling at that point. You know, it was that, cool. That was more kind of developmental wrestling, but I, I get what you're saying because, you know, even though, you know, people from a distance will say, you know, that was developmental, those shows were nothing more than indie shows. Yeah. Really. We got to see Nigel, got to see Chet the Jet, you know, these guys that have, you know. Matt Stryker with the Y, yeah. Chad Callier. Yeah, it was great. Um, and it was um, just the atmosphere, being able to have access to talk to people. Like Jamie Noble was really giving with time and would talk to us. And, and then you're saying as a fan. Yeah, as a fan. He would just come up and just, you know, after shows, we'd go, you know, go to the bar. And they were just <coughs> very cool, very laid back, a lot like the atmosphere here. Which is cool, and that's part of the reason why I like being around uh, the boys as much as Did possible. you ever consider training at that time? I did. I actually blew my shoulder out playing football. So um, I was still in the uh, mindset of I'm going to do, you know, do football and then coaching kind of. Did you ever, did you ever like uh, take the steps and look into it? Because I remember, you know, in that era when I'm, you know, uh, in my, you know, probably mid-teens you know, at that time, you know, you're dealing with the infancy of the internet and things and you used to be able to just, it was probably like Yahoo. I don't even think Google existed. You know, you'd be like wrestling school and like you would be able, I remember I used to do this. This is like a weird thing, but you used to be able to like request information from wrestling schools and they would send you things in the mail. And I did that a bunch of times when I was a teenager. Yeah. I, I looked at, I looked into it a little bit. Um, at that point, it was one of those things where it's like, I'm still trying to, I'm still trying to do football. I wanted to do it, and then I just didn't have the right people around me to say like, let's go and actually do this. Were you at college like on a ride or anything like that? No, I was, I was still chasing, trying to keep playing, you know, and being a part of a team and stuff like that. So, were you, were you fairly a decent player in yeah, high school? Yeah, I was a, I was a, a decent, you know, local uh, athlete, but. In college, you know, trying to play middle linebacker against guys, guys that are a lot. I mean, don't you. don't downplay it because I mean, you know, like uh, I think there's something to be said, and you can probably talk about this. Like when you are kind of the star in the small pond, right? Yeah. Would you say that that is where you were? And that that's that's the funny thing about 
these kids when they go to college, you think, oh, I was, you know, all conference or all state or whatever. And then you go to college and everybody's that. Right. So you, you kind of run into a brick wall. Was that a humbling experience for you? For sure. For sure. And it also made me, you know, like it was one of those things like football was the reason I became a teacher because I wouldn't have went to college had it not been for football. So in a roundabout way, you know, it's what brought me to the dance and I was able to leave with a teaching degree. And then I got into coaching, which I really enjoyed. I like, you know, being, I think I have a better mind for, for things than I actually have ability. (laughs) So, right. Well, so do you think like, you know, obviously you go to college and like you said, you know, are, you're going in probably thinking one thing, and you quickly discover it is not. You know, and it's it's not what you thought you were getting into. You know, was it was that a difficult transition? Because you know, like I don't know what it's like these days, but I know you look into the late '90s and the early 2000s. If like you know, the football team were the celebrities of the school, right? You know what I mean? Is what is that safe to say that was kind of like what it was like for your high school years? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, being big man on campus is one thing in high school. Then you go to college, and it's the same thing, a different level. But um, then you, if you're not as successful, there is an adjustment period where you're like... You're okay, just I'm, the guy on the team or whatever. I'm just a jag. Yeah, right. I'm just another guy. So... Um, but yeah, it did. It opened me. It opened up a lot of doors as far as, you know, finding places to work after college. Um, I actually coached my le- my senior year of college, was it, and that was cool. Was it, um, you know, what like, you know, I'm sure everyone that goes like, you know, chasing this athletic dream, like academics are probably, you know, way down that priority list. Like, at what point do you have to make that adjustment? I, I mean, it was my freshman year. Um, I remember I had a rough freshman year. I had my appendix almost burst. I had wisdom teeth taken out. I was like constantly hurt with my shoulder and then my grades were bad. So I had to learn really quick that like if I, I'm paying for this, like it's not, it's not like a high school or it's not like someone who's on a ride that right. I'm paying for this. So um, I, I, I buckled down pretty fast. And Bluffton uh, is a great school because there's a cornfield, a cornfield, a cornfield, and then uh, 75. So there wasn't a lot of trouble to lot, get into. I got gotcha. you. If I would have went to Ohio State, I don't think I'd be here. So Right. No, I, yeah, yeah. I, no, I, I hear that. Uh, so you're down there, and you start going to HWA shows. Are you a wrestling fan prior? Oh, um, first match I ever saw was Hogan Bundy uh, WrestleMania 2 when I was like six years old, and I was hooked ever since. That, and, you know, I think it's just, uh, you know, in like our, our age brackets, it's yeah. just kind of a different, it's a different experience than what we see coming to the school these days. You know what I mean? It was just everybody was a star and everything meant something. And sure. it there was just so much, you know, like, it, I don't know. I just look like I looked fondly back in those years and i know you know all these stories come out you know like the dark side of the rings or the this and the that and it's just like oh you're supposed to hate this person now and it's like i don't want to hate that person yeah it's, you know? it's a conflicting because it's like feeling sure. i wasn't a fan of whatever so and so was doing <laughs> you know after the show was over you're you know i was a fan of, of what the character and what I, so it is a very strange time you know what i yeah. mean and also you know, in those formidable years when ECW comes out and like just the whole counterculture of the 90s, yeah. 
is like a real tough kind of adjustment to fast forward to how things are today, oh, you know? For sure. I saw, I just recently saw something about uh, Married with Children about how big of a show and how it changed television and stuff like that. And the thing is, if you try to put that out now, it just wouldn't fly. And I remember, like, I mean, like, I was telling, like, somebody this, like, you know, when I'm 13 years old, you know, like, every 15 minutes they're advertising Girls Gone Wild and, like, all this crazy shit. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's just like, what a just wild time the 90s were to now, you know, we've kind of 180'd out of that. And like, you know, people like you and I are in that weird kind of like purgatory of growing up with that, but also trying to, you know what I mean? Like, uh, dismiss it at the same time yeah. later. And you know what I mean? Like, I don't know how to, and I'm not saying it's bad or whatever i'm just saying it's a it's a weird kind of dynamic for people and you know i I know they say like we're technically millennials or whatever but like um you know there should be a different you know description because it's like you know they're shoving all this like bad behavior your way you know during those like formidable years and then you know now you know you're in your 30s and it's like you're not that old and it's like (laughs) all every it's like now you're being told like everything you ever saw as a child was like awful you know what i mean not all of it was and that's the crazy part and i think yeah there's things that need to be corrected but it's almost to the point where it's like everything needed to be corrected well not everything did there was a lot of good stories that were told through our childhood whether it was movies or wrestling or whatever it was um I don't know. I, and I, I just I, think I wanted to just talk to you, you know, and just, uh, you know, kind of get your background story because, you know, in your perspective, because, you know, even like somebody like Dom is, you know, probably, you know, 10 years yeah. younger than me, almost, you know what I mean? And like, uh, it's just all these young, <laughs> young kids that don't know, like how much the world has progressed, in, you know what I yeah, mean? And like, sure. and how how much things have changed and you know especially you know trying to get into wrestling at at that time like you know you said you're going to hwa and you're seeing all these gigantic stars and you know there's probably what 100 people there yeah there was not a lot of people there and it was it was interesting seeing guys like seeing sean waltman not get a reaction you know what i mean right because they would send people there to like work out to get ready to come back yeah and there'd be you know there'd be like the 15 hardcore fans that got excited about it but then the the locals that just walked up they didn't know what they were looking at so it was uh it was definitely an interesting experience for sure um it's wild that um you know that whole period when that, that 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 buyout and all those that influx of talent that was part of the reason why i didn't go to train because i'm like they're not gonna want me they got all these guys right now you 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 were like smart even like as a young yeah you know i was early 20s or teenage teenage kid you knew like you know there's no fucking way well i just looked at it as you know there's just so many people there they were running so many people through and then i think it was a confidence thing too you know and then being banged up all the time i'm like if i'm banged up going into it it's probably not going to end well you know so let's fast forward all right what leads you to train you know later in life so it's really funny because because you know i would compare you to somebody like like the duke signed up for training at like 32 Mm -hmm. you know i signed up at 38 (laughs) so you know like but what you know what leads you to kind of 
Well, I, I guess... The, you weren't 38. You were you're probably 37, no? Yeah, it was 30, I think it was 38 when I started. Okay. Yeah, so the wild thing about it is I was pushing Eric Taylor and uh, Chuck Stone at Trinity when I coached them. That They would... I mean, they'd walk in the weight room. I'd play AJ Styles music for Eric, or you know. So you were actively still a fan, right? Yeah, and we would just we would we would hit moves on the bags and stuff like that at practice, and just joke around, cut promos on each other and stuff. And this is well, I guess for context, you are their football coach at this time. Yeah. So I was coaching them at Trinity, and you know they they found out about the school and they were like asking me about it, and I'm like, you know, I was one of many people that pushed them to to go, and I just like guys chase it. I go, I wish I would have chased it. So then they start training, and uh, when they debuted, I was there for their debut. And um, I remember Eric coming up to me. He goes, you should be with us. You should be doing something. And he's like, even if it's just, you know, ring crew or whatever, like you care about this too much not to be a part. And uh, it, meant, it meant a lot coming from him. You know, he didn't have to say it. I, it was, I know it was a way of him saying thank you. But uh, then I said, you know what? Why not? Why not take a shot? At the very least, I could come around and be a part. Um, and I think that goes back to the whole coaching idea of being a part of a family, uh, being a part of a team. And then with the school, I like I like being able to use my experience. Like you're, we're comparing it to college football. Well, that same kind of dejection or the same type of like adjustment period, I think happens to almost every kid in the school at some point because right. this is not easy. Right. So um, if I can help ease that for the kids a little bit and just be a just a sounding board you know well, i think you know and uh I, I think you are kind of like a de facto mentor to a lot of these kids even though maybe you trained after or whatever your perspectives on life and what you've gone through kind of help in a coaching manner within the school and um you know, it's funny you said that because I, at the Winchester show, I had this talk with members only, and you know they have this great debut at the Odeon. Everything goes good, and they're like, they get booked on the Winchester, and they're like, we're getting this merch, and we get all this stuff, and like, <clears throat> you know, they're talking to me, and I'm giving them ideas. I'm like, well, you know, you should, you know, do these things with, uh, you know, your your members only. You should take people's you know contact info down and you should do special things for people that are fans of you and i you know we we come up with this plan and uh at the winchester i go so how many of those membership cards did you guys sell and they said none and i said this is the adjustment period yeah, you know sure. i said you ride high everyone you know comes out and supports you for the first one but i said now you're on your own and this is kind of the reality check comes quicker for people that only push that first match to their friends and family or whatever. And then they're like, okay, I'm in the door. You know what I mean? I'm off and running. And then they experience, okay, like I'm wrestling for a crowd that really none of these people don't know who we are. You know, some of the hardcore IW fans do, but like, you know, members only isn't the attraction of the night. And like, it's a reality check. And I could tell that they were upset and sad. And I said, this is what it's really like, you know, like this is why I tell you guys to promote and do things and engage with people. Because if your people come and they cheer you, it becomes infectious. And I said, but so many people get so comfortable after that first great showing 
that they're like, you know, it's going to be easy. It's going to, it's, you know, they're on easy street and then they get hit with their reality. And I know people talk about the participation trophy air, all that, yeah. whatever. It just seems like the dejection hits these younger kids so much harder. Yeah. And they were very, you know, upset about it. And I said, this is why you guys got to just keep pushing, you know? Yeah, and I think that's the thing too. Like I try, I've gotten pretty close with those two guys, um, you know, going, going to smaller shows and things like that. Um, they've done a lot to push me just to keep chasing and be a, being a part. Uh, but also like the peaks and valleys, like I try to tell everybody at the school, like and, and Dom says it all the time. It's, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And I think, you know, it is, it's hard for these kids that are 20 years old to realize what a valley is you know what i mean like it's you know it's it's hard and um (laughs) you know and that's what i think is great about our system and our program or there are people like me and you and duke and pedro and kind of people that can help you know mentor and uh give perspective to everybody you know what i mean to where it's like uh we can ease the blow a little bit but it's you know it is tough and it it, you know for me like it kind of hurts me to see like when they have to deal with that but i know that they need it you know yeah i mean it's one of those things like yeah they're getting knocked on their ass over this but let's see them get up and let's see how they react to it and i think you know that's what we teach is you know you got to teach them to continue to get up and um so before you know you're you're kind of involved what you know what is the thought process supporter O'Shea when you're you know typing that email or getting ready to to take that you know that leap take the leap um you know i just thought at the very least i know i could do something here um i didn't know if it would be managing or i i thought i could have wrestled um maybe if my my neck issues get better i'd like to try to you know try to get back more into training but right now with the referee uh, gig, I'm definitely focusing on that, trying to get better every day with that. Um, but, yeah, when I first started, it was just kind of like, why not? Like, uh, people talk about DDP or older wrestlers that have gotten into it. It's not easy to do, and those guys are the exceptions. Well, like, where, like, where are you at in your life? You know what I mean? Like, where are you at in your life at this point? Uh, I mean, I'm coaching still and, you know, just very, um, you know, not having like not having a lot of stress you know like um real happy with life and i'm just like you know what if i don't do it now it's but are never, you it's are never you gonna happen are you are you happy and content or like happy and kind of bored like kind we're of bored yeah and that's the thing like i've always been a person who wants to take on a new challenge and you know i knew the percentage was very low going into it right so i was realistic with myself but i'm like i'd rather take that swing and miss then never step in the batter's box and, and, and try. So, um, and, and I think Eric also, like Eric and Chuck both knew that if I was around it, that my coaching mindset would come in and I'd start chipping in and helping. And again, I, I, I feel real strongly about the culture of our locker room and the school. I think we have a great culture. Um, I think I'm seeing kids grow, and it's just the same thing as, as coaching football. And see, when you see someone accomplish something after you've seen them struggle, it's right. the best feeling in the world. So, Yeah, and I, you know, it's like it, it's – I don't know how many years it's been, five or six or seven. I don't even know how many years the school has been, you know, really active. But it's been such 
an interesting and rewarding experience more than you know it's kind of like the same thing like i could just you know i just book people and i do shows we go home and now it's given me new challenges to like create from scratch and you know like make these people matter and you know some people it's taken longer some people they don't you know stick around you know some people do great you know but it's it's great for everybody in the school to be able to see all those different kind of success failure and in between stories Absolutely, and i think they need i think you know especially at the school like it is such a you know your body's not meant to do what we do right and it's such a an awkward um start for everybody and just watching that growth and seeing them develop and see personalities come out you know everyone's shy at first everyone doesn't feel like they belong and then after a couple weeks you just see people start to flourish speaking of shy i think i think porter o'shea uh became legendary one year ago i think everybody learned (laughs) learned i I wasn't shy that week uh at the collective uh in indiana i think when uh you know porter o'shea was really came out of his shell yeah well um i had come directly from a football game that we uh it was a playoff game that we won because everybody made the playoffs and it was the only one we had that year so i came i stopped at a gas station uh filled my book bag up with beers and uh they were supposed to be for everybody else but uh, i might have had a couple of them and uh at one point, I guess Filthy Tom wanted to beat me up, and now now Filthy likes me. So, um, well, I think it was just kind of like, who is this guy? Because we, yeah, we had not been doing shows, and you hadn't really, you know, been around. And then all of a sudden, it's like, who's this guy that has got a book peg full of beer? <laughs> I mean, that's uh, that's not, I mean, there was a there was a quote we had as coaches. It was win or lose, drink the booze. And uh, I guess I just brought that to the collective that week. But what I will say is as much as you shouldn't have done it and all <laughs> these other things, everyone remembered you. Yeah. And you know what I mean? And right it, or wrong reasons. But it, now it, it – and the fact that you are a little older and you do realize like maybe right time, right place – it beca- it's it almost endeared you to everybody. Well, it's funny because like I I tell like the younger guys when they do things like not show up or whatever, I go, yeah, you might get in the doghouse, and then I explain that story to them, and they're like, oh my god, like that was that could have been a really bad. Mess. I wasn't bothered by it I, at I all. I understand. I understand. I that. knew what you were doing. I knew you were just cutting loose. Yeah. And at that point, nobody had really cut loose. There's you know we're covid you know we had only done one show you know the month prior and then that nothing for months and months i think everybody was kind of out of their mind you know and i knew what you're i didn't hold it against you at all like some people like in (laughs) some people get like well it was this fucking student drink you know and sometimes i do get like that with the younger students where it's just like hey you guys don't know how to act you guys are drinking like you should be offering people rides home and helping people out. You shouldn't be here getting drunk trying to, you know, jump the line. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but with you, it's a different story. You're older. Like, I knew what you. Were, I knew what you were. You were just cutting loose. Oh, you know. I appreciate that. And oh. I was never. I was. I you know even like when people were mad or whatever the like, fucking coach and the, who gives a shit like it's funny he was funny yeah. like he didn't hurt anybody he didn't do anything wrong like he didn't offend you like 
offend anybody, you know. It was it was trying to have a good time and and just you know like you said cut loose. But like, I think I think what that made you realize is. You know, there is the legend of the AW after party or the legend of the AW party, but like you gotta kind of be on the team. You know what I yeah, mean? Like sure. you can't you can't like you can't show up as the party. You know what I mean? You gotta let the party evolve and you showed up as the party and everyone's like, Whoa, like yeah. we just did a show, man. Like what's going <laughs> what's up with this guy? Yeah, I mean, um, like you said, that was kind of like the perfect storm, you know, of uh walking into a mess and just you know turning into something fun you know and i'm glad i'm glad things you know i'm glad i didn't offend anybody and i'm glad it, it worked out the way it did and it's a fun story that uh what I, I were you get ribbed about so. were you like were you embarrassed like monday oh well like I, I not so much monday it was more when i came to training the next time and everybody's you know bringing it up and i'm just like was i really that bad and the, i remember dr dan being like yeah I had to yell at you. And I'm like, I don't remember that. He goes, I'm not surprised you don't remember it. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, again, it's one of those mistakes you make along the way and you learn from it. And uh, and I also think maybe a little bit of school hierarchy comes into that, yeah. right? You know what I mean? Oh, like sure. you are, even though you're older, you're still kind of down the hierarchy at for the sure. school. So it's kind of like this weird double standard thing to yeah. where it's like you're acting as – you would as an adult, but like there's kind of this other set of rules within wrestling For and, sure. and then this other set of rules within the wrestling school, you know? And, and I think also too, like, and I, when some of these kids make mistakes or do things, uh, that they shouldn't do, it's one of those things like you don't know what you don't know. Right. So I'm trying, especially with some of our newer ones, reminding them like, Hey, you should go and shake everybody's hand. Right. Hey, uh, you know, ask the boss if they need help. Don't be caught standing around, stuff like that. Um, and I just realized, you know, after the collective, like I need to be a little bit more of an example. I can still have fun with everybody and I'm still going to do that, but make sure that, you know, that stuff's going to work first. is done. Yeah. yeah. It's like, like, and that's kind of been the thing that, you know, sometimes it gets misinterpreted from the outside of the bubble to where it's like, Oh, yeah, that'd be just a party. But, like, what yeah. people don't realize is it's a work first, party second yeah. thing. And it's like the party is the reward for the work. And some people think it's just a party. They don't realize that, like, there is a process to make it to the to the after party where we all can blow off some steam and have fun. For sure. Um, when do you decide the ref thing? How does the ref thing come about? So... Um, I took like a snap mirror or an arm drag and I had, I got a stinger and my neck, I still have problems with my neck from football. So, um, it just never st started to feel better. And Dom pulls me aside and this is right after Jake, uh, got signed and he's like, Hey, would you want to, you know, try being a ref? And I had never, I mean, no one gets into wrestling right. growing up wanting to be a referee. Um, and I was like, you know what? If it's a jersey, if it's a spot on the team, you know, I don't care right. what the job is. I'll I'll try it. And um, I've been very fortunate. I mean, I I it's a I feel like it's a classic case of being in the right place at the right time. Absolutely. And um, just you know, taking what's you know, I I've heard other people say, oh, I never want to be a ref. Well, you might not be a wrestler. You know what I mean? And it's like, and I think you know that's it's it goes back to your perspective and your kind of you know life experience where like you said if it gets me on the team it gets me on the team i'm gonna do it you know and i also think too like 
and this isn't not everyone thinks like that it's not the i don't want to say like younger kids are entitled or anything like this but i think people think wrestling school is like ninth 10th 11th 12th grade you graduate and then you, you automatically start wrestling right and that's not the case this for is everybody. Not, it's it's a different ball game and and that's why i don't really believe in these schools that say well here's our curriculum and this is how we do it and like you can't really have a curriculum for this when people learn and understand at such different levels sure. you know and like people just think differently and comprehend differently and some people get it some people don't get it some people you know you have to work with and like it, it's just such a you know much like you probably never thought about being a ref like a lot of these like arthur MacArthur, for example like he never thought he's going to be arthur MacArthur. you know yeah. it's just kind of the evolution of what happens during the process yeah and it's funny too listening to like some kids ideas at first like i'm gonna be a badass okay well that's not a gimmick dude or, i want to be the joker like <laughs> right. no that's that's a personality trait yeah you know? like you gotta you gotta figure out how to make something and there's nothing original anymore so you it's really hard to find right. stuff in in blend characters and make it your own and that's what I try to do. Like, I, I love listening to the kids. I shouldn't call them kids, the guys and gals. Um, throw out ideas because that's what this is. That's the fun part of this. Right. Yeah. And I, I think that's what I like the most is I think it's easy to book good shows. I think it's much harder to find spots for people and make them matter that aren't necessarily the most talented or you know the best in-ring performers or whatever you know like i think to me that is much more challenging and much more fulfilling than going great wrestler a versus great wrestler b okay guys here's your money yeah. you know and that's it you know like i'm not not to say that that doesn't happen on aw shows oh, but sure. i'm saying the whole culture and idea of a company based on that i think is not fun i think you know when we're starting with people from the ground up and developing them and then watching them you know go out there with these top tier talents and you know or whatever you know you, you find <laughs> you find what works for them and you make they start getting cheered and they start getting those reactions i think that is such a bigger accomplishment than like putting on a good wrestling show i i, I think one of the uh the funnest parts of watching shows get put together is seeing a match that you're like, I, I never wanted to see that match, but then after it happened, you're like, wow, right. That was a great, that was a match. I, I didn't know I needed to see. And I think that is what I do well, but it also is to my detriment because like you said, people are looking at it and go, I don't know if I want to see that. You know what I mean? No, yeah, it's a and it's like, sword. it's a double, it, it is a double edged sword. Cause then they're like, man, that was great. But it's like, well, you didn't fucking care about it. And you didn't come watch it, yeah. you know? So it's like, I don't know. Like that is what I struggle with. But at the end of the day, you know, it's much more fulfilling for me that way. For sure. Um, all right, Mr. Porter O'Shea, or as everybody calls you coach. Yeah. I can't uh, teach you anything, but I'm a coach. <laughs> we've hit, you know, about 30 minutes in. So I'm going to wrap it up. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just want to say thanks for coming on, you know, getting, letting people know a little bit more about you. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks, John. No problem. See ya.